Hello, folks, and welcome to Is This Anime? I'm your anime expert, Jack Metcalf. And I'm your, uh, the anime guy who doesn't know anything about anime, so I'm not the anime guy. I'm Malcolm Cloud. But, but every episode, we get one step closer. We get one step closer. Like, we're going to be on episode 20, and you're, you've, you'll have seen far more anime than any of my friends have seen anime. I still feel like a noob. I still feel like uh, we're not that deep into this. Uh, I don't even feel comfortable upgrading myself to novice yet. So I think I'm still like just a rookie. <laughs> I mean, I was talk talking to my friend Domenico DeSantis. Uh, shout out to Domenico. And he was shocked. He was shocked we have not covered Dragon Ball yet. And the fact that you know more about JoJo. Uh, once again, a show that you seem to not like, but we bring up every single episode. Um, <laughs> Uh, he was shocked that you've seen more JoJo than Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I think that's, I mean, I don't know why. I think it's just because I just don't watch anime uh, in my spare time. I know, like, but Dragon Ball, show... Dragon Ball is something that's like such a culture. I, I wouldn't even call Dragon Ball anime. I think it's just a cultural touchstone. That, see, and, I, and that's a cultural touchstone that I just missed. I was like, mm -hmm. I must have been like in a different room when that was passing by. Like just... I just did not. Is that where Naruto's from? No, no. Naruto is after Dragon Ball. I mean, that's the thing. Dragon Ball is such a foundational show, and yet we're not going to cover it for a while. I've been starting to think about. Yeah, so, so, sorry, folks. Despite the fact that we're already talking about Dragon Ball, uh, we're not covering it today. Uh, we are not. Yeah, what, uh, you'll be waiting a while. What are we covering today? Uh, let's get into that. Uh, but let's just talk about the premise of the show first for those just joining in. Each week, I select an anime series, sometimes a movie, but not in this case. Malcolm to watch and three episodes that best showcase that series strength and last week's anime was Carolyn Tuesday Malcolm what are your thoughts on Carolyn Tuesday I really enjoyed Carolyn Tuesday uh, I think it's one of those just a really fun show it was really uplifting um, yeah I was just I just enjoyed the world I enjoyed the characters uh, I give that a thumbs up awesome and uh, Malcolm, do you know what a light novel is? Like a light novel, a genre called light novel. I have absolutely no idea what that is. Well, light novels are basically like short young adult novels scattered with illustrations of uh, manga style art, They're typically around 100 pages long. And a lot of times single chapters will appear in magazines before they're collected in novel form. And uh, according to Wikipedia, there have been over 250 manga and anime adaptations of light novels. Uh, so this is a pretty big industry. And in case you didn't figure that out already, today's anime we're covering is the light novel adaptation, Violet Evergarden. Were you, were you aware of, I guess you weren't aware that Violet uh, Evergarden was an adaptation. I guess you just thought it was something purely original. Uh I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I assume that every anime we've that we're gonna watch is an adaptation of something else. Okay. Like I, that is the assumption I've made. I just assumed that this was another manga or manga or whatever. Manga, it's manga. I just assumed it was another manga and not a light novel because I didn't know that term existed. Yeah, you didn't know what a light novel was until I just told you. And uh, yeah, Violet Evergarden debuted as a light novel in December 2015, written by Kana Akatsutsuki and illustrated by Akiko Takase. The novel had won a competition, Kyoto Animation held in 2014, which had led to its publishing and subsequent adaptation. And the writer Kana is very private. Her age isn't even known. There are no pictures of her. Uh, so I couldn't get a ton of information about her despite how hard I tried. Akiko Takase, meanwhile, has worked on a number of Kyoto Animation productions, 
including all things Violet Evergarden. Um, unfortunately, um, th this show is already like pretty sad, but we kind of have to talk about Kyoto Animation, which unfortunately had a very, very tragic event. Um, but before we get to that tragic event, let's just talk about how it was formed. Kyoto Animation was founded in 1981. The studio developed a reputation for going against the grain of most studios by favoring full-time employees rather than freelancers. They also employed a significant portion of women compared to other studios. Kyoto Animation's focus has been mostly on slice of life anime, often set in high school and real world locations, as opposed to a typical shonen fair. While the studio spent its time outsourcing its work to other studios throughout the 80s and 90s, in 2003, they produced their first in-studio work, Full Metal Panic Fumofo, a spin-off of Full Metal Panic, which eschewed the mecha elements of that series and was entirely focused on wacky high school hijinks. After that, Kyoto Animation was off the races with success after success. But sadly, tragedy struck in, on July 2018, uh, 2000. <laughs> tragedy struck, unfortunately, I'm not gonna laugh during that terrible thing. Unfortunately, on July 18th, 2019, tragedy struck. At 10.30 a.m., an arsonist by the name of Shinji Alba entered Kyoto Animation Studio One building and doused the area with, doused the area with gasoline. Several employees and himself completely botched that sentence. Just, <laughs> just take it again. <laughs> yeah. At 10.30 a.m., an arsonist by the name of Shinji Alba entered Kyoto Animation Studio One building and doused the area, several employees, and himself with gasoline before igniting it. The blaze ended up killing 36 employees, although Shinji survived as he was apprehended by police 100 meters from the building. Uh, Shinji had accused Kyoto Animation of plagiarizing a work he had sent them, but there is no record of this work being sent to them or them reading it. The attack destroyed the majority of the studio's materials and computers, and it is one of the deadliest massacres Japan has suffered since World War II. Uh, so with that incredibly depressing news out of the way, because Kyoto Animation is unfortunately synonymous with that attack, uh, let's talk about the anime Violet Evergarden, which is about an ex-soldier named Violet Evergarden who becomes an auto-memory doll, which effectively means a ghostwriter. Uh, so let's get into it. All right. Um, yeah, the, the, this show, I feel the tone of the show is every single scene, uh, the characters are on the verge of tears. Yeah, that, I was going to say that. This is a very sad show. Uh, we, we covered episodes one, two, and ten, and ten yeah. really, really wrecked me. Um, and we can get into that later. But uh, I will say also this. I, for the first two episodes, did not care for this show. It was, I found it very boring. Uh, and uh, combine... which, which brings us to 10 and uh, yeah t yeah um, I basically the re you know honestly when it came to picking these episodes I picked one and two to get you into the premise and then subsequently every other episode is pretty much I wouldn't say it's episodic there's definitely I mean we skipped a bunch of Violet's past that uh, comes back to her in between these but 10 is like the big episode. Like when I talked to a buddy about Violet Evergarden, he immediately brought up 10. Yeah, I mean, 10 is like a kind of a, it's weird to say a masterclass for a show that had such a bad start, in my opinion. Okay. But it's, it's a real, uh, episode 10, yeah, is so emotionally, um, what is it? I don't even know how to emotionally say resonant. This. I mean, it's a gut punch. Yeah, so so emotionally resonant. Yeah, it is a gut punch. That's exactly it. 
Um, and it, it I, too. And let's let's. I mean, we're we're gonna hype up episode ten for the folks. But I do think I wouldn't call episodes one and two bad. But I think they're they're very much plotty. And you know, if if I could boring. <laughs> boring, but no, I think the setup though is important though to like for the for the entirety of the show. And it, it's it's you know it's a pilot. Episodes one and two are basically a glorified pilot. I almost fell asleep during <laughs> uh, episode two. I was like that, like really. It was, you know, you know when you're like watching something and you're just like it's not engaging me at all, and I'm just like oh. Oh, I gotta stay awake because we're doing the podcast. Like, if I had like was just found this and was watching it, I would have stopped probably midway through episode two. I guess, I guess um, my question would have been then, where we're more criticizing me for my choices, but like, I wonder what it would have been like if I just took like three kind of standalone episodes. Again, like ten is relatively standalone. I mean, it obviously develops Violet's character. But again, I, I, I felt it was necessary for one and two, even if they aren't the most engaging, just because again, like, I think if you just watched 10 and two other non-plotty episodes, you would have been like, what the hell is this? Because it's not like 10 is telling you a ton about Violet. No, but I also was like, even after watching all three episodes, I was just like, I still, I kind of get where Violet's coming from, but I also don't. Like, it's still a very like unclear backstory and i mean i was even like you know trying to figure out i was like oh this is like they're auto memory dolls but they're not really dolls they're writers that's is that another phrase for writers like i was like what is this business that she's being sent to they they tried dumping her at some like random like house for a while they're like you have to be here and be happy and she's like i'm not going to stay here like i was so confused she has these are like these hands yes yeah, so, so obviously let's, robotic let's but i was like let's let's start from the very beginning because we're kind of jumping 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 um, yeah i'm just gonna say it's just it's a lot of for me nonsense and i just did not care for it um but yeah we can start from the beginning yeah so again i've actually watched the series twice over i'm i'm actually a big fan of this series um but to be fair when i watched it the first time i i <laughs> I was quite confused. Like, I didn't realize that Violet was even human for a good portion of the show's run. Uh, so Violet is an ex- ex-soldier. She's, she's pretty much got complete PTSD. She, she can barely comprehend empathy, basic human emotions. Is she a child? No, I mean, well, she's like a teenager. They, ref- they reference her as like a child in the second episode. Yeah, and that was do. very weird because I'm like, she's a soldier. She was in love with the major. Um, but I'm not, I'm not but sure what they mean by child. Maybe childlike because I mean, again, like her, her mind is completely shut. And I think just, just for some clarity, I'm probably, I wouldn't say this is a, I'm going to spoil the entire arc of the show, dear listener, but I'm definitely going to give some context, especially for Malcolm. Uh, because again, like even even with us, we we went from one, two, and then ten. Mostly, again, I just really wanted to get that gut punch, and um, yeah, like e- even between those episodes, you get a lot more clarity. But yeah, she's this ex-soldier. She's got PTSD. You know, she she has prosthetic arms and hands, um, and yeah, like she's in love with this uh, major who who you know we we you know from the get go. You don't even need it to be spoiled for you. You know from the get-go that guy is dead. 
Yeah, I mean, I was I was pretty confident at the start where she's like, the major, I've got to send this letter to the major. She's like, because they established that she's been in the hospital for 120 days. Mm-hmm. And like, they're like, no one wants to tell her about the major. And I was like, well, it's clear the major's dead. Like, why else would they be like, no, we can't talk about it. He's busy. He's this, he's that. In order, like, I feel like it's for them is to, like, save her life so she doesn't, like, I don't know, try to kill herself or something if she finds out the Major's also dead. Yeah. But during, there's flashbacks in the second episode where she's clearly there when he dies. And I was like, what is happening? Like, did she have amnesia now where they're just like, she doesn't remember. So she does, we don't tell her that. Yeah, I mean, it's 100% PTSD. Yeah. Also, like, I guess for me, one of the things is that um, that I, I guess I realized uh, is that I don't like, like, because this is kind of set in, like, a Victorian age. Like, there's, like, a yeah, bit this, of, like... Yeah, this is, like, technically a fantasy show, although it doesn't um, really go full fantasy. It's mostly, you know... Which I mean. is... It's I like, feel it's... Light fantasy. There's, like, this... Yeah, I guess light fantasy, which is, like, fantasy in Victorian set things are both genres that I don't particularly gravitate towards. So like when they're combined, it's like, oh, for me at least, it's like, oh, as a personal preference, just, oh my God, this this is gonna be a sludge. But uh, in the first two episodes were, in my opinion. And- Yeah, fair enough. It's just, I don't know. I just kept going back to like, it's boring. Like, and like, yeah, he, like, there's this guy who comes and I, he just kind of refers to himself as the president. He's like, which is later. He doesn't refer to himself. He doesn't walk in and go, I'm the president. It's like, mm. he's like a president of a business. But then the business, which is like, I guess the business that basically fuels the rest of the show. Yeah, it's so unclear what it is at the start. Yeah, like, it's not it's quite like, clear. And they do Yeah, it's like, it turns out it's a writing bit. It turns out it's like a writing business where they like, because people are illiterate in this era, that they get people who know how to write to write. But um, at the same time, they also do mail delivery. And at the same time, you're like, is she a robot? And if you're in a world where there's robots, then why are there people who are illiterate? And it's just a lot of a lot of inane questions. I, I guess from for me, my end. I guess for me, I'm just kind of, in general, I'm perfectly fine with just jumping into worlds. I don't actually require a lot of explanation personally, and that's my own personal preference. I mean, I don't need the, like a lot of backstory. In fact, I think sometimes too much backstory um, can really drag down um, a show. Like, I think, like, if you talk to, you know, uh, any, like, amateur fantasy writers who, like, they go, like, well, you know, this is the plot and the plot of their fantasy novels kind of very mundane, but then they go into all this, like, but there was this war that happened 500 years ago. And that, in that war, you know, this thing happened and that set off this event and that became this thing. And then we get to that thing. And then this event, you know, this other event goes, and now we're in this, the modern day story. And it's like, if all of that is way more interesting than what you're uh, going to tell, it's like, don't tell that story that you think you want to tell tell like the, all the backstory. Um, and I guess uh, for me, um, the, there was, you know, backstory elements here that felt a little bit more interesting than a show about a woman who writes letters for people and she's trying to figure out if she knows what the meaning of love is. I mean, th- this is really about... But then I, hmm? 
But then I get, uh, but I will say this. This is just judgment of the first two episodes. I'm just going to kind of lump them together. Yeah, fair. Um, I think that's Because they are one arc. Um, mm-hmm. But I will say then when you jump to episode 10, I'm like, okay. I, this is, I like this. Exactly. As sad as it is. <laughs> and I, I would say the first two episodes, they definitely do a lot of plot setting. I think the, I think the overall show itself resembles episode 10 a lot more. And again, I, I guess for me, when I was picking these ones, again, we, we pick three episodes. Sometimes we'll change the format. I didn't feel like changing the format this time. And yeah, like we, we have the plot setting in one and two. And then I basically wanted to pick the best standalone episode, which again, 10 is a masterclass. Um, and it's the episode that people talk about when they talk about the show. And even though it is very good, I think it's representative of basically everything in, in between that and afterwards as well. Uh, the format of Violet Evergarden after these like kind of plot setting is really just Violet goes to a place, meets a, meets a person, they have a problem, they're sad about something and Violet learns something about the human experience. And while that sounds generic when I'm saying it out loud, it is very effective when the show is on all cylinders firing. Yeah, I just kind of wish, um, it's hard because like, again, if I hadn't had you not said like, okay, then watch episode 10. Yeah, if I was just a casual viewer, I would oh, not Oh, for sure, you'd probably be like, I'm not gonna watch the rest of this. No, I mean, and um, there's just like a lot of questions that I have yeah. where I go like, why you know like why is she doing this like who why the why is she a writer now like or an auto memory doll which is again a stupid term like an auto memory doll but they're they're writers and i know there's this this dialogue sequence at the end of the second or narration sequence at the end of the second episode where they go and talk about like oh it was like in reference to the invention of the typewriter and then, you know, the person who invented the typewriter had a wife who went blind, but she was a writer. So it was a way to allow her to write. But then I was like, is this a real thing that they're talking about? Or is this just an invented backstory for the show? This is an invented backstory for the show. Yes. Because again, this does take place in a fantasy universe. I'm not even going to say the names of the country. I can't pronounce them. I'm reading them right now. It's so clearly like um, influenced like, oh, this is going to be in some sort of like English sort of countryside or English town, but they have like just German sounding names. Like it was a very bizarre, like, oh, did they like get inspired by like, oh, maybe this is set in like Austria, like, like, or maybe, um, Belgium or like one of those countries like it's hard to figure out um what's going on but it's like yeah kingdom of Inseal and I don't know I'm not gonna correct you because I couldn't even tell you um the way the way I watch these shows again like again I'm not like a super I'm not a lore guy like I love this stuff but I, I could not tell you anything about the lore lore in general for how I consume media just um washes over me all I care about are the characters I'm like I like this character they're cool I like their plight. Again, the, the things I remember about this show, and I've, I've watched it twice. I really do enjoy the show. I think it's fantastic when it, when it does get going. Um, because again, it has like, once, once it really gets into that episodic shift, again, it, it's just such a simple concept, but it also 
It also just knows just how to, you know, hit you over the head emotionally. And sometimes it's very unfair. I would argue episode 10 is incredibly unfair, but it still works. Yeah, I mean, I will say with episode 10, without spoilers for now, is that it's very obvious the road they're traveling down, but it's still super effective. And it's still, and it hits the beats, like, so precisely and with such, like, vigor that it's like, oh, yeah, it just makes to feel the feelings. Yeah, um, and I um one one thing and, to note, like this series already has it has an original video animation which is kind of like an episode but a bit longer and with a bit more higher budget. And on top of that, it has two movies, one of which came out last year. I didn't even notice the movie had come out because I watched the series around 2018. And then there's a new movie that that came out like 2 days ago as of this recording in Japan. Okay, so it's still a popular franchise that they're still, like, making things about. Yeah, and in fact, it was actually, um, the movie that came out last year was actually the last thing from uh, Kyoto Animation. Or not the last thing, but the first thing that came out after the uh, the attack on Kyoto Animation. Really? Well, that's... Uh, yeah. That's, oh, that's exciting. Yeah, and I, I mean, again, Kyoto Animation, they have multiple studios, so even though that attack was tragic, it wasn't, it definitely crippled them, but again, it wasn't like they couldn't make things anymore. Although, again, you know, 36 people died, and that's, like, that, that's unfortunately the cloud that's going to hang over the head of that studio, and again, it was one of the biggest massacres in Japan. It's just a very terrible thing to discuss, but you also kind of have to. That's, yeah, it's kind of insane to think about that, that that, 36 people died. 36 people died in a fire. The guy just blocked the entrance and it just happened so goddamn quickly. It's messed up. And on top of that, the guy survived. Like, he only just entered prison. Really? Yeah, like, he got, uh, like, terrible, terrible, disgusting burns. Like, there's no pictures of him, but, like, he was, like, he spent 10 years, 10 months in the hospital. Um, but, no, he just, like, entered his, you know, lifetime prison term. And rightfully so. I mean, that's just beyond messed up. Yeah, uh, there, yeah, there's like, I just Googled him while we were talking. Yeah, there's like the one photo and you can kind of see the burns. It, they are oh, I don't want to look at that. Uh, burns is, is... Uh, no, he's covered up mostly. He's even got the mask yeah, on. Yeah, but even it's... just me personally being burned alive is just like, or even just suffering burns is one of my all-time fears. Oh, uh, same here. It is definitely uh, not, you know, just a horrifying way. And then it kind of, you could leads down a discussion road of like people who do this especially if they think they're being plagiarized, forget that in creative world, uh, you should have more than just one idea. More than it's just not... one idea. And also like people off, like one of the rules I've just read is that um, even on Twitter, like writers are just like, please do not submit your ideas to me. I, I, I legally cannot look at them. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, if you have an idea, write it yourself and like and make it original like don't be like oh i had this great idea what if you know violet you know goes to space and it's like don't tell the writer that that yeah and because um, then you go around and be like i told you that idea i wrote it on twitter at like three in the morning and you read it i know what you read it it's like stupid yes so also regarding the series yeah this is this has 13 episodes a special and two movies and um the light novel itself there's four of them uh, three of them are like official volumes and there's one that's called a side story. So I'm not sure if it features Violet or not. I have not done any research. Unfortunately, you can't even read official translations of these light novels. They have not been published in English, which is 
really unfortunate. I would have liked to like just get them because again, they're light novels. They're not super long. I could have binged the series in a weekend if I wanted to probably. Oh, that's kind of wild that like for a thing that's kind of as successful as it is in terms of being adapted and having some movies and a special that they haven't tried to like capitalize on uh, an English translation to yeah, get even, the... even with regards to something like Gundam, which again is such a huge franchise, whether we liked Iron Blooded Orphans or not, like so many of the Gundam novels are untranslated, which is pretty wild. And like considering how many of them are canon and important, it's like even crazier. I'm like, oh, I would like to read this. Oh, that's that's interesting because I just assumed with Gundam that it's like more of a subgenre and not like an official line where it's like, oh, I kind of understand if like this like sort of a sea level uh, Gundam novel like didn't get translated because it really like it's just kind of set in a world similar to the other worlds of Gundam and not like official Gundam. But I mean, we'll, we'll talk about I'm very uneducated. That, that just opened up another ill-informed. <laughs> but no, yeah, now we're so we're getting sidetracked. But uh, sidetracked. Um, but no, so yeah, I think we've covered these first two episodes uh, pretty well. Were there any like characters that stuck out to you though in those first two? Here's the issue. See, we have been ha- we have a segment called the Robert E.O. Speedwagon or the uh, biscuit, like favorite character. And in fact, of, in fact, so. let's, let's properly introduce this. Uh, we have a segment we we have uh, as of last week's episode, our our recurring segment. Who is the speedwagon? And I'm going to quickly play you our theme song I just came up with. I'm very proud of. Speedwagon, 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 Allow me to elucidate ya. The name is Robert E.O. Speedwagon. Wow, that was great, wasn't it, Malcolm? Wasn't it? Holy, holy crap! That's a great one. Thank you very much for making it. Um, the uh, the REO Speedwagon of this. Uh, Art Robert E. of Speedwagon, how dare I just list the band and not the person, uh, I think is, uh, it's it's the little girl in episode 10. I think okay, that let's, one... Let's talk episode 10. I actually thought she was too major to, uh, to be the Speedwagon. The problem is with this show is that there's just not enough like small side characters to really justify a pick. Like, and I was looking for it. I will be honest. There yeah, was a guy in the second episode who like uh i think he has a mustache and he's like i can't read and like or no i can't like write like i just can't can you write this letter for me i was like maybe him but then he just didn't like there's no there's no humor in this show and i feel like the robert eo speedwagon character the biscuit character like has a bit of a humorous element in my opinion and it's hard where this one doesn't have it so i'm going with the little girl because she's so sincere and the back half of that episode where you're just like, oh, I just felt for her. I, I, uh, so relatable. My, my speed wagon was, uh, was Violet's busty instructor in this uh, show. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. This, is, this is a show, again, like, we, we've been lucky. We really, I was thinking about this. We, even though anime does have this reputation for um, sometimes not the the best depictions of women especially when it comes to character appearances uh, a lot yeah, of just straight women. up sexism yeah a lot of scantily clad women i'm trying to think off the top of my head i could think of you know maybe mount lady who at least is a humorous character from my hero academia 
she was she was pretty busty um but no like carolyn tuesday of course you know was very you know very restrained despite you know being a show set in the world of like you know music stars um but yeah this this character violet's busty instructor uh was definitely um someone who was like huh that, that character appearance doesn't resemble um isn't consistent with everyone else on this show yeah there was definitely someone uh a man uh, almost 100 percent, who just took some liberties and no one was like hey this doesn't fit the tone of our show it doesn't really it's kind of the animation's a little bit different but that's a side character so we'll just write it off but but i will say also the the other thing too um the person who illustrated um the drawings of this series in the light novel she has also worked on every iteration of this series too so you know i'm sure she approved of it and again kyoto animation is like primarily uh they primarily have women staff oh that's great i mean maybe they were just like i mean there are part of the types it's okay to have i guess so and i mean i wonder if there's like if it becomes easier just to like oh we're just gonna reuse like an older like animation style or like and it like anime character kind of reformat it for this show like i don't really know i mean i don't know if it's just this is true to like the light novel and how that was i mean drawn because you said there was drawings in it but i again yeah so it's literally just like illustrations of characters and like scenes and stuff it depends on the light novel you know yeah and i guess it's hard to say because like neither of us yeah, I, um, I don't have access to the, the Violet Evergarden novels. I would love to. If they publish them, I would purchase them. Yeah, we just don't have, uh, neither of us uh, read or speak in Japanese. No, uh, but yeah, let's move on to episode 10 because this is really like on a whole nother level of, of the other two episodes. And we're clearly more willing, we've been already talking about it on the side throughout, basically. Yeah, this episode kind of was the saving grace for me, like in terms of like, uh, it's like a real redemption arc in terms of like, I was just willing to write this show off. Like I was like kind of dreading going into this episode. Cause I was like, God, the first two episodes in my mind were so boring and they were just, they, they lacked so much energy. They just like, nothing was happening. And then when it's like, I, I guess realized that at some point it shifted into like a procedural but it's not like a standard procedural in terms of like in a, you know the U.S. a Cana- uh, Canadian version of it, which is like you know the cop show or like the medical show where it's like case of the mo- uh, the case of the episode. This time it's like oh it's the story of the episode in terms of like she goes somewhere to write these letters. And in this case, it's that she's writing letters for a sick woman who has a very small child. Yeah, and, and that procedural element is the primary structure of Violet Evergarden. That's the, the majority of the episodes in this season are procedurals, effectively. Procedurals mixed in with, like, scattered, like, you know, with um, some plot stuff, basically. And, like, yeah, and I... Like, without you, you, spoiling too much, like, in episode 10, Violet has already... By episode 10, Violet has already figured out the fate of Gilbert. There's already been some stuff addressing the conflicts in this world. Um, there's already been a ton of plot settings, so this episode is a break from that. Okay, so there's more plot-heavy stuff between episode two and okay. So two and I, 
almost guaranteed that I would have dropped out before this episode. Well, um, I mean, let, let, I mean, just taking a look again, three, four, five, six, those are all procedurals. And then this, okay. I'm not going to, I'm not going to count. I'm not going to go, go between which episodes are procedurals and which ones are plot. Cause sometimes there's plot told within those procedurals. But again, the structure See, of the show is primarily procedural. See, I think uh, you want to uh, kind of have a little bit of plot sprinkled exactly. into each uh, procedural episode. I think that's like the good mix. Uh, and it's hard to have that kind of time when each episode, uh, in this case, is like 24 minutes. And these episodes um, take advantage of it because it's funny because I was going to tell you not to skip the intro because you've done that sometimes. But then I was like, oh, the intro is not in any of these episodes. Yeah, there's no intro. There was like, oh, okay. Um, these, these episodes I'm all... Just gonna... And I don't even... Th is, the, is the ending theme? Is there even like an ending title sequence in any of these episodes? No, they completely use the 24 minutes. Yeah, no, it's like... They, like, they don't take advantage of the fact that, like, oh, this is... I mean, I watch this on Netflix. Yeah. And it's like, oh, they don't take advantage of the fact that this is streaming on Netflix, so, like, we don't have to be, you know, rigid to that. But I assume that this aired on some sort of, like, commercial-based network in Japan. So that's yeah, why they, like, condensed it. Um, so, yeah, this one, it was... Uh, I think, as you said before, like, there's... It's very obvious the road it's going down. Like, I was like, okay when uh, Violet arrives and then the mother's sick and then they imply that the dad's already dead. I was like, okay, so she's there to write letters for the daughter, like in the mother's like name or whatever. Um, and I was like, because she's going to die. And so I was like, I kind of knew that like already in the first like five minutes of the episode. And like, especially because they like make the little girl, I think her name's Rosie. Um, you know, they like, uh, make her, sure name, she's her like, name is on her name's what on and on yeah. man. I just made up the name Rosie and I was <laughs> and in my notes. I'm like, Oh, Rosie, this Rosie, that. So like, yeah, I don't know where the name Rosie came from, but, um, there, yeah, it's just there. Um, it, yeah. And so I knew that going in, but it's still like, the beats worked and the beats like make you feel things. And I will say this, I did cry at the end of the episode. <laughs> so, so yeah, again, like, y you know, what's going to happen. I mean, spoiler alert, you know, the mom is going to die. Um, and you know, her, the daughter uh, on again, she's like, Oh, you know, my father, what is it? She's talking about, he's going to come back or something like, Oh, he's, and you know, he's dead too. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought you had a whole thing going on. Yeah, I kind of um, did, and then I didn't. Sorry, sorry, dear listeners. Yeah, no, it's okay. We might cut this part out. <laughs> um, there's, um, yeah, it's, and then like, there's, she's also like a lonely girl because Ans, like, as an only child, uh, she doesn't seem to have any friends because she kind of lives in like an isolated estate, and the mm -hmm. implication is is that she's going to be left alone in the man in this mansion. But she's like gonna inherit this money. She's gonna like be able to live there, not have to worry about anything. But the fact is that she's gonna be alone because she won't have her mom, who she loves dearly, and she won't have her dad, who has died off screen. I think it's implied that he dies in the war. That's like yeah. uh, that's constantly referenced in this show. 
and which is the war that I believe Violet survives and is sent to the Yeah, hospital. and I, I will say, even though the show is so heavily emotional, I will say when you do, dear, dear listener, when you do finally see the flashback of like Violet in the war, the show, the show really is just like, yeah, now we can do an action scene. And yeah, it, because- it's very badass. Like also, like we haven't even talked about the animation. The animation in the show is like top tier. It is a gorgeous show. I will give that, yeah, like, even though I was bored to tears in the first two episodes, the animation was very much there. Like, there's this great sequence in the first episode where um, the president and Violet are in this car, and, like, the backgrounds when they're driving, like, they just, like, it looks kind of real. Like, there's, like, there's this, like, cinematic quality, even though it is animated, that I did appreciate, that it was, like, at least it was really great to look at from an artistic uh, perspective even if the first two episodes are so boring (laughs) so um and like and it continues in episode 10 like there's not like a dip in quality where they like oh we obviously put all their money in the first like couple episodes and now we're just like shoestringing it along it's like no it's a solid it's a solid show yeah again like it is like it's if, if we talk about like cheapness, you have something like Jojo, which again, I like, but Jojo is definitely on the cheaper end. And, you know, My Hero Academia, which I think is more like medium, it's definitely, you know, they, you know, the, um, the sequences in that show are, you know, you have like the big action scenes, but then, you know, the talking stuff, you know, they're kind of reusing animation or whatever. But then something like this, which is just like borderline Miyazaki level. Yeah, I guess so. Like from um, just from an artistic perspective, not from a writing perspective. At no, least. it's it's, it's not really wannabe. even. It's definitely wannabe Miyazaki, though. Oh well, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's you know, again, it's really playing on the heartstrings. You know, there there isn't a, the like it has these sci-fi elements that are thrown in. Like, you know, Violet has robotic hands, which are like prosthetics, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like but then there's like a lot of just like more realism like you know they're not flying around in like jet cars they're like taking like trains and trams and stuff like that so it's like okay it's again set in a more period-esque world but it also is yeah being like what if these if we still had the the victorian sense i guess i guess stylistically I guess steampunk would be the term for this. Is it? Is this the steampunk is? I, I don't know what I mean, steampunk, steampunk is. Steampunk usually has like robotic stuff. But again, it most steampunk shows or like series, they tend to overplay the elements or be like, hey, this is steampunk. Whereas this is just like, I mean, to, to quote the name of our show, you know, it's just like, is this steampunk? Like that, that's what it would be if we were talking just steampunk series. Be like, is this? Yeah. Is I don't know because my picturing of steampunk is that steampunk is Jack the Ripper era, but with like blimps, with metal zeppelins. I think I think this like, is that's what I picture it. I think this is low key steampunk. I think that's the term. It's you know it's not overplaying the steampunk, but it's definitely it's more steampunk than it is, and I feel. Okay, I'm so willing, this is I'm like classify this as a low key steampunk series. We may have a riot. You have, you have prosthetic hands. You have prosthetic hands. That's that's definitely steampunk. There just is no one in a top hat and a monocle. 
You know, you know. I feel like that's all episodes. steampunk thing. But I, but I want to make clear, I don't know steampunk at all. Just yeah. like I don't know anime. I, I'm all I'm saying is this from the words steampunk and from like having passed by a convention once and seeing people who I assumed were dressed in steampunk attire. Yeah. So so, so let's get but, to the big gut punch. I think we're kind of ready to wrap this up. Not that this show isn't great. I yeah. think the show is actually like really well done. And I think if you know we had given this another episode or two, uh, you may have been able to see more of it. But mostly, like if I was to only just pick one episode, it would have just been this. We would have just talked about this one. Um, yeah. So, anyways, yeah, like uh, eventually, like um, On starts to you know confront the fact that you know her her mother is ill, and then Violet has to calm her down. And oh man, we we get to that just big punch of you know. Uh, the letters are now written, and then the show does like a f- series of flash forwards where you just see every single letter Violet has written from the perspective of the mother, and the daughter is receiving them throughout each of these major steps in her life. Yeah, so it's it's revealed at the very end of the episode uh, is that uh, Violet's written 50 letters, and they're supposed to yeah be a milestone basically every year kind of reminding her that like she's always watching her like that she, you know don't kind of you know forget about me but I'm so proud of you and like as we're seeing it it's like you know we see her just like at was it nine years old eight or nine years old like the year after and then you know there's like a kind of a flash forward to like when she's like a preteen and she's got some friends and like you know then it's like she's 18 and like oh I hope you like fell in love for the first time and we see like there's like a boy who clearly likes her and then we flash forward again to like in her 20s where now she's with that boy and they have a kid. I'm being emotional just thinking about it. And like it's just like same here there's like just like kind of like rawness to it um you know I've all you know I'll I'll be honest I've lost a parent I lost a parent Mm. when I was a teenager so like this really hits home like I was, uh, I was, yeah, just turned 19 when it happened. Yeah. And uh, it, it was a very sudden passing for me. It was my dad. And so this was like, oh my, like if this had, like I didn't, I guess I, there was not like a drawn out thing with my dad, but it was like, oh man, if this had happened, like it would like, I don't know if I would be even able to talk about it in this uh, podcast, but yeah. it's, Fair um, but it's very much, um, uh, yeah, and it is like this moments, but like as you see, as like time passes, you know, her life's, you know, turns out owns life's okay. Like it's, you know, yeah, it's a devastating moment, but you know, she's still able to like have friends, you know, find love, you know, build a family of her own. Uh, and it's all like, I guess the one thing is, is she still stays and lives on that same estate where her mom died, which I thought was kind of interesting that like she's like, I'll stick around here. I mean, but she's I, very wealthy. But it's also, I've, you know, clearly she's very wealthy. Like the fact that she's not like being immediately sent to an orphanage and that it's, you know, implied that like she kind of has like a bit of like, an, I'm going to make a Batman reference here, like an yeah. Alfred to sort of watch her because there is like a maid character who I almost like, because the maid character I think has two lines, I was like, could have made the Robert E.O. Speedwagon, but again, just not enough backstory. Um, no, I want to say backstory. Name. Just that I don't even think it has a name. It's just like, just doesn't have enough presence. So it's, uh, 
yeah and it's just like again you kind of see it all coming but it still hits you in the music like the, the music cues here like it's just a lot of orchestra it's like just plays with the heartstrings oh boy yeah and i mean almost i almost feel for you dear listener we could basically because this episode is so standalone i feel we could just recommend this just this episode just be like hey even if you don't mind watching this series just watch now now you kind of have the backstory from listening to this podcast now you can just jump right in and watch episode 10 and just be like that's a good 24 minutes yeah i think that's a it's a fair it's that's a fair recommendation um it is like just like it's so it's kind of like a really well done short film yeah and like, that's, it, that's the uh, structure of the first violet evergarden movie in fact it's just two it's just two 45 minute short stories you know and if this is kind of what the light novels are like or whatnot it's like oh this is good it's like it's interesting like if this was like uh kind of made for like say american television I feel like it would get a lot of buzz, like this kind of story. Like it'd be one of those things where people would be like, wow, like this one might win an enemy, <laughs> like kind of deal. For um, sure. Just cause again, it just hits, even though it's kind of cliche and you kind of know what's coming, it just, it does it right. And so many times people, you know, I think, you know, try to get original. So then they lose their marker and then it, the whole thing falls apart. But here it's like, this is the simple story we're telling. Here are the characters, and now we're going to play with your heartstrings. And, yeah, I will say that, um, yeah, it's an excellent. It's the one I think I think we can agree with on this show, uh, on this show particularly, is that yeah, this episode's so, so, great. So I think final thoughts, I guess, I guess there's a caveat. I think the first two episodes, if you're I, – I like them more than Malcolm. When I watched them, I didn't find them particularly boring. I was just kind of into this. But I think certainly once you get to the procedural elements of the show, it's definitely, it definitely takes another level. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I, and I think it's like, I think one of the things that's going to be fair is that there's going to be shows like today where Jack and I disagree. All right. Like I think like Jack probably is, yeah, he's more like, Oh, these first two episodes are fine. I just didn't like them. They didn't fit my, they're just not up to my tastes. And I think, you know, if you do watch them, uh listeners then i think you'll be able to you know either be like malcolm was right and you can tell me that or you can be like malcolm where you're out of your mind and i'm okay with that too uh this is just my personal preference i did not like those first two episodes i thought it did so much disservice but then again i was so surprised by how much i liked episode 10 that it's like giving me that mixed reviews feeling where uh where I would not recommend those first two episodes, but I would definitely recommend episode 10. So, so I guess, uh, what, what type of recommendation for the overall series then would, would you go for then? I guess, are you, would you, would you, would you, I mean, we, we, we have so many series we need to watch or possibly do spoiler casts on, but what, what the show, uh, would you consider uh, going through the entirety of this 13 episode show? I don't think I would. I think... Uh, I think episode 10 kind of did it for me. I kind of want to treat this as like, almost like this is a great kind of short film. Um, unless there's another episode people really recommend that I watch. That's like, go watch this other one. I might watch it like on an episode by episode basis, but I would not watch it all the way through. Fair enough. And uh, there is a movie. There is 
two movies, in fact. So, so who knows? Maybe, maybe dear listener will cover them. Maybe, maybe I will troll Malcolm by by forcing him through ninety entire minutes. Of maybe, show. I mean, I mean that's the one thing, Jack. You are the one who's controlling what I'm watching episode to episode. You are the curator. So, if you do want to throw it in my way, I'm, I can't say no. So. And, and let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. I, I know, dear listener, you've, you've been used to our very long ones, but I think this show is pretty concise. So let's talk about the future of this podcast and what show will we be watching next? Um, we're, I, we're jumping ahead. I, I was hesitant to put this show so early, but quite frankly, I just really want to cover it badly. We're finally covering One Piece. What? Oh man, that's We're the show that Netflix. Monkeys. That's the show Netflix always recommends now. That it, my Netflix is ruined from all the anime I've watched because and, of this um, podcast. You know, I, I, let's not get too much into the backstory of One Piece. We'll we'll save that for next week. But as as you, dear listener, I'm sure pretty much everyone is aware, at least of the fact that One Piece is extraordinarily long. I think I think if there's one thing you know, Malcolm, you probably know One Piece is fucking long, right? Had no idea about that. You All I knew really, you that know one piece it's is long, a popular it's one. Um, well, because the show sure. has uh, over 900 episodes, we're, we're going to break the three-episode format. We will cover four. I, I have scientifically broken this down into four possible episodes. I think three was too little, but I think we can do this in four. We're going to watch One Piece episodes 4, 18, 37, and 53. Sounds good. All right. And thank you, dear listener, for uh, listening to this. You can find us on at Twitter on Is This Anime Pod, as well as on Insta at this is, is This Anime Pod. And yeah, let us know, did we pick the right episodes of Violet Evergarden? Should we pick something different? And what anime do you want us to watch next? Feel free to tell us and also tell you why we were wrong. And check us out where you listen to podcasts. Uh, rate and leave a review if you can. It helps the show. And uh, thank you very much and have a great rest of your day.